from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. For many people who may not know, these are not algae. These are actually plants that live uh, in the water and they are pink. And we have in Colombia a river that has uh, basically these plants inside. So they, the river looks looks green from, 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 from outside. So it's really beautiful. Hmm. You know, you mentioned the pink of those plants in the river and, and the silver of, of some of these other plants. The colors in this movie are, are so vibrant and, and these flowers are so gorgeous. Um, did Disney really kind of amp that up or is Colombia really that, that colorful? Well, Colombia is definitely really, really colorful, and, and I think that the magic that, that Disney added to the movie was combining plants and colors that you see in Colombia in different places, and they put them in a single place. They put everything in the Encanto house. I'm Sarah Fenske. Unless you've been living under a rock, you're probably familiar with this chart-topping tune. We don't talk about Bruno, That billboard-topping hit comes from Disney's new movie, Encanto. And even if you've grown weary of that earworm making its home in your brain, you have to concede the movie is quite good. And that is in part thanks to Felipe Zapata. He served as the botanical advisor for Encanto. And while today he is an assistant professor in the Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology at UCLA, we like to claim him as a St. Louisan. Felipe lived in St. Louis for seven years, earning his Ph.D., from the University of Missouri, St. Louis, and working closely with the Missouri Botanical Garden. And he joins us today. Felipe Zapata, welcome. Hi, Sarah. Uh, Nice to be here, and uh, thanks for the invitation. Yeah, we're so happy you're here. My kids love this movie. But look, I've now had to watch this movie multiple times. This movie is set in like an enchanted place called the Encanto. Why would the filmmakers need a botanical advisor for what's really a a magical, fictitious kind of setting? (laughs) That's a great question. And uh, I believe that the main reason is that they went to Colombia and they saw the amazing biodiversity in our country and they got inspired by how magical all these plants and all these places in Colombia are. And they decided to make a film that has the magic of Disney, but at the same time, it's inspired by how nature really looks in Colombia. So they want to be accurate enough about the plants and the animals, but add on the magic that Disney has in all their movies. Yeah, so the house is magic, maybe the the little stuffed tiger coming to life, that's magic. But a lot of these plants, the setting itself, uh, this is all true to Colombia. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The whole um, landscape and the plants themselves are true to how the plants uh, grow in Colombia. The plants inside the house are the plants that people use. Uh, the plants that people eat, we see that they have corn, they have coffee. All these things are truly inspired by, by how Colombians live and the, the plants that are surrounding uh, towns in Colombia. And so this is something you know personally. You are from Colombia. Uh, when Disney approached you and said, hey, we're going to set this movie in your native country and we want this to, to be realistic in some ways, were you immediately on board? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was truly amazing for me to be contacted by Disney to do this. Uh, I am from Colombia, of course, but when they asked me about uh, plans from Colombia and all what they wanted to do with uh, 
plans from my country, it was uh, basically a no-brainer. I immediately jumped on board and started to meet with them uh, almost like a, a monthly to talk about plants from Colombia and biodiversity in general of Colombia. So it was it was truly an amazing experience for me. So I understand one of the things they were initially very interested in is the wax palm. Uh, what is that and, and why did they need your advice on that? Well, I think that the, the wax palm was kind of the main character in, the, in terms of the plants that they wanted to have right. Uh, the people from Disney went to Colombia to a place called the Cocora Valley, where we in Colombia have some of the largest uh, palm trees, the wax palm trees, and the tallest ones, and they, they wanted to get those palms right. So when they contacted me, they wanted to have uh, right all the details about the plant morphology, so how the plant grows, uh, how the plant looks from very close, how the flowers look, how the leaves look, because these trees are really, really tall and they're really difficult to see from, from the ground. So they wanted to have a closer look and be very accurate about how the, the plants are, are really sort of anatomically and, and how they truly look in, in, in reality when you cl look at them close by. So the wax palm, there's certainly plenty of those in this film. Uh, what's another plant that ended up making it into this film that we might notice if, say, we're stuck watching this for the fourth or fifth time this weekend? <laughs> well, there are there are a few plants that, that make it uh, in the movie. As of course, they are not as conspicuous as the the wax palms, but some plants that you can see clearly in the movie are uh, aroids, and these plants are very common indoors now. People use them indoors, but in Colombia you find them in the in the forest. They are very common there. You see also um, some um, plants that we call uh, jarumus or guarumus, who are that are plants from the cloud forest and the, basically throughout the Andes. And they are really easy to spot because they have uh, almost like silvery white type of leaves. So in the movie, if you look at the landscape, you can sort of see these trees sort of in the middle of the forest. And they're really beautiful. And I think that also the, the plants in the river, they are really amazing, these pink plants in the river. Uh, for many people who may not know, these are not algae, these are actually plants that live uh, in the water and they are pink and we have in Colombia a river that has uh, basically these plants inside so the, the river looks looks green from 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 outside so it's really beautiful hmm. you know you mentioned the pink of those plants in the river and then the silver of, of some of these other plants the colors in this movie are, are so vibrant and and these flowers are so gorgeous um, did Disney really kind of amp that up or is Colombia really that that colorful well Colombia is definitely really, really colorful. And, and I think that the magic that, that Disney added to the movie was combining plants and colors that you see in Colombia in different places, and they put them in a single place. They put everything in the Encanto house, where you can see plants from uh, like, low, like low elevation forests in Colombia to the high Andes, plants from the coast, but also the people and the, the way that people decorate the houses. So they, they brought everything to the same, to a single place. And, and that sort of sparks all this unique combination of colors that, that you see in Colombia throughout the country. But in the Encanto movie, you see everything in a single place. And that, that makes it very, very sort of colorful and exciting. So they sort of drew on the best of all parts of Colombia. So are all the plants that you've noticed in this movie, are all of them 100% authentic? These would be a Colombian plant? Well, certainly uh, almost all of them that you can sort of see clearly, uh, if they are not completely Colombian, at least they are 
very common in Colombian houses. Hmm. So some of the, or, or in Colombian landscapes. So you can see some of the plants, for example, coffee. Coffee is not a, a Colombian plant itself. I mean, we, we cultivate it a lot, but that plant is actually native to, to Ethiopia and, and Africa, but it's now cultivated in Colombia. So if you go to Colombia, you're definitely gonna see coffee plants, um, but other plants in the landscape and in the houses, they are truly Colombian. And, and I think that Disney did a, a really good job at trying to depict as accurate as possible how these plants really look. Felipe, so there's so much work that, that went into these scenes that might just, uh, you know, dash by our eye. How long did you work on this project? So I started working with Disney Animation uh, in 2019, actually before the pandemic hit. And I was able to go to the studios a few times to meet with the, the team of animators and, and illustrators. And after the, the pandemic started, we, we kept meeting uh, via Zoom a few times. So I. In total, I would say that I worked with them for about two, two and a half years, uh, advising on sort of all the, the illustrations that they were making. And so what was it like when after this long, you know, all these years, you're kind of going back and forth, talking about all these little details. What was it like finally getting to see this film? Oh, my God, it was actually a, a, a true surprise because during all this process, I was not... Um, I, I couldn't see anything before, so I was not seeing uh, sketches or anything. All of them, they were just asking me questions, making their, their illustrations behind the scenes, and I never got to see anything until, I would say, like early March of last year when they, when they shared some of the visuals, and it was uh, stunning. And, and finally, when I got to, to see the movie for the first time live here in, in Hollywood, it was uh, amazing. I hadn't seen the whole movie put together, all the illustrations, all the colors, and it was really amazing because they, they really capture kind of the reality of, of plants, but also this, this magical part that Disney added to the movie. So I understand uh, you're just one member of the Colombian Cultural Trust who advised the filmmakers. They had experts that provide input on architecture, clothing, indigenous culture, and food. When you saw this film, you know, living in California, being so far from home, in some ways, did you feel a little homesick almost? Oh, yeah, completely. It was, it was, uh, and it was also a complete surprise to me when, when I got to meet people from the Colombian Cultural Trust. Actually, we met first via Zoom I would say it like last summer, uh, but then in the premiere of the movie, uh, a few of them were able to come here to LA and, and we met in person for the first time. And it was really sort of emotional to just go to the theater and watch the movie for the first time uh, with Colombians who also work in the movie, but also people from Colombia who live in LA that I didn't know. Uh, it, was, it was really, really sort of a, a, an amazing feeling and this homesick feeling that you're mentioning really became a reality actually yeah it was missing missing home so ultimately did disney get columbia right yeah totally i think that they got it right uh not only in the in the biodiversity but also the the story is is really accurate it's it's inspired in many things that you see in colombian families the the story about people fleeing because of violence. That's also inspired by true Colombian events of our history, the culture, families with multiple people, kids all over, and these sort of living in small towns, but 
people know each other. I think that they capture really well the culture, the biodiversity, and the history of our country. Yeah. And so for so many Americans, we maybe don't think about countries other than our own. We kind of have our blinders on. Is this now helpful shorthand for you? If people start asking you about Colombia, you can be like, yeah, you know what? This part is, is just like Encanto. We don't have a magic house. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. And yeah, I mean, I hope that that, that, that sort of is one of the messages of the movie, actually, to, to sort of show people uh, the magic and the beauty of other countries and the culture of other countries, and that people who, who have always seen perhaps bad news about Colombia or, or a bad image of Colombia, they can clearly see that Colombia is actually a, a great place, a beautiful country in terms of diversity, food, culture, uh, everything. So I, I hope that people get inspired to, to go to Colombia or at least uh, have a different perspective about Colombia because it, it hasn't been always the, the best image that we have had in the mm-hmm. past. So, Felipe, you moved here to St. Louis in 2003. What brought you here? Well, I was uh, uh, in Colombia uh, before then, uh, and I was looking into doing a, a PhD. I wanted to, to get my PhD in plant evolution, and I was applying to different programs, and I ended up applying to the program at AMSOL, the University of Missouri, uh, where uh, I wanted to work with, with two faculty members who were there, and these faculty members were actually also affiliated to the Botanical Garden in St. Louis. Uh, so it was, it was a, a, a sort of the perfect uh, situation for me to join the program that I wanted, but also be lucky enough to end up working at the Missouri Botanical Garden, which is an amazing place for, for anybody who wants to work with plants or who loves plants. And what specifically did you get to work on at, at the Missouri Botanical Garden? So I, for my PhD, I worked on a, on a group of plants from the Andes, from throughout the Andes, from Colombia all the way to Patagonia. And I wanted to study uh, the evolution of plants in uh, the Andean forests and how plants have diversified throughout the Andes uh, from north to south, but also from uh, sea level all the way to a snow line. So I wanted to test hypotheses on the different roles of geography and ecology on the diversification of these plants um, uh, throughout the Andes. And how amazing that basically like you had to come to the Midwest part of the U.S. in order to do that study. Was there some irony of, you know, you're digging into the plants of the Andes and here you are in St. Louis? I know. I know. This is something that uh, has always been uh, interesting to me. And when I talk to people and I explain to them that I went to St. Louis to study plants from the Andes, people don't believe it. But but I guess that what people don't know is that actually uh, St. Louis and the Botanical Garden in St. Louis, it's one of the few places in the U.S. and in the world where there is a, a super strong focus of research in the tropics, uh, mainly in the Andes, but also in all parts of the tropics in, in Africa and Southeast Asia. And there's a huge uh, effort for training people, uh, teaching and exploration of biodiversity in the tropics. So actually the resources for studying Andean plants or tropical plants in St. Louis makes a lot of sense. And in addition, all the grad programs in St. Louis, AMSOL, uh, WashU and St. Louis University, they attract different students from uh, different parts of the world also who end up, all of us end up in St. Louis uh, studying plants uh, in the tropics. So it's, it's actually a, a perfect place for being a tropical biologist. Hmm. So a real community there. And so that work you did at the Botanical Garden and on your PhD at UMSL, has that led to your current career being at UCLA uh, where you are today? Yeah, totally. Uh, definitely the work that I did in St. Louis has been a, a huge influence and, and sort of marked my, my future career in becoming a plant evolutionary biologist. Uh, of course, after St. Louis, I did a couple of postdoctoral uh, research uh, uh, 
uh, time. But then I, I got to get my, my job here at UCLA, where, where I have my own lab doing research in plants, still in the Andes, but also now in California. But yeah, definitely being in St. Louis was a, was a big landmark for my career. Well, it's so cool. And now all of us can really benefit from the work that you did. We get to see the plants of Colombia uh, without necessarily even having to go to the botanical garden, although we should probably be doing that too. So Felipe Zapata, thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank you so much, Sarah. It was great to be here. And Felipe Zapata was the botanical advisor for Encanto. He currently works as an assistant professor in the Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology at UCLA. We're going to go out of the show today with another song from Encanto, not Bruno. Um, as I wrote in St. Louis on the Air's newsletter last week, my jam these days is the song from Encanto, Surface Pressure. I'm the strong one. I'm not nervous. I'm as tough as the crust of the earth is. I move mountains, I move churches, and I glow cause I know what my worth is. I don't ask how hard the work is, got a rough indestructible surface, diamonds and platinum, I find them and flatten them, I take what I'm handed, I break what's demanded, but under the surface, I feel berserk as a tightrope walker in a three ring circus, under the surface, was Hercules ever like yo, I don't wanna fight Cerberus? This episode was produced by Alex Hoyer with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. No mistakes, just pressure like a grip, 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 and it won't let go. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.